This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why put off until tomorrow what you could do today? I'm A.T. Werdahl, and this is Big Fish, Small Pot. July 30th, the trade deadline. Today is it. This is the day that all teams must have trades finalized, fully negotiated, and submitted to the Major League Baseball office by 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, just after midnight on July 30th, the Marlins have capped off a rather quiet day leading up to the deadline. Days prior, Kim Ang well positioned to buy the best talent she saw flipping Starling Marte free for three months for Jesus Luzardo baby Jesus 9 if we're looking for his Twitter handle uh, lists his home as Broward on Twitter and with the four to five days it took reportedly to finalize this trade it's easy to buy into the fact that the Marlins front office might have legitimately fallen in love with this hometown player. The talented left-handed pitcher is known for his power stuff um, and has even adapted in pro ball. As Alex Hall of Athletics Nation wrote in March, Luzardo was already a national top 10 prospect, then got Rookie of the Year votes and pitched in two different postseasons. Now the flamethrower is armed with a turkey sub and he knows how to use it. Speaking specifically of a right around 68 mile an hour Ephus pitch that Lazardo has no, been known to throw on occasion, a pitch that he jokingly says calls the turkey sub because it just gets the job done. Uh, this 23 year old kid is bringing uh, like a like a positive, innovative energy to Marlins clubhouse um, as they've been able to focus on need. With Craig Mish reporting yesterday that the Marlins are taking calls on relief pitchers and still looking for a center fielder. Having ruled out some of the prospective top-of-the-market options, Cedric Mullins, Byron Buxton, Kettle Marte, names we all know, he asked to check out the market deeper than that. Look for potential center field options that aren't $100 million guys, but could step into center field now if a bit developmental, paired with some club control to make for a potential long-term replacement in center field. Kim Ang earlier mentioned that Peyton Burdick is viewed as the internal center fielder of the future, so I decided to go on baseballreference.com and look for 
someone who might fit into that mix play now and possibly push Peyton Burdick and himself to new heights in the future. So I took it upon myself to go on Baseball Reference, look for players that had played some games in center field this year, last year, 2019, in that range. Players that are center field capable have better than negative defensive war and sorted them by their OPS plus. A couple names stood out, uh, Greg Allen and Estevan Floriel of the Yankees, both minimal at-bats in 2021, less than 40 each, stand out as potentially fringe options from New York, could step into the Miami lineup tomorrow, as well as one name that was new to me, really stuck out as the Mariners have been active, Jake Fraley, a 26-year-old who's had about 149 at-bats this year with 143 OPS plus. He was the 77th pick 2016. Again, pretty small sample between 2019 and now, but but early results as he's still in his first year of club control, not due to be a free agent until 2027 are good. He struggled early per his baseball savant, Woba Graf, but has course corrected and been just above average to this point. Recently did come down with COVID, but he's a player who could hit. And with the Mariners in need of pitching in a pretty well-documented manner, they might be a team that'd be willing to flip some major league pitching for a potential center fielder. Providing an upgrade over Sierra and providing an incumbent for Peyton Burdick down the road with room for the Marlins to still go over the top with a star defensive center fielder or one of those names that's already been floated around just not yet not now not at this deadline important to note that it's not entirely in the control of Kim Ang what's available and whether or not what could be done today actually should be done today but while we're at it, Hunter Green of the Reds, C.J. Abrams of the Padres. Maybe that's all you can say about that. So looking at the games from yesterday, uh, Jacksonville played a twin bill with Monte Harrison in the lineup in game one at designated hitter, playing in his first action since his altercation with Starling Marte. He'd been, again, removed from the Major League team and out of game action while Marte was still in the organization. It could be a coincidence. It also could not be a coincidence as Monte Harrison does need to focus on his hitting to complement his standout defensive abilities. In game one, Braxton Garrett allowed four runs in three and two thirds innings. Monte got the jumbo shrimp going with an RBI single. And as the game went on, Two home runs by Joe Dundand, a name that I will never pronounce correctly, were enough to win it 6-4. In game two, Brandon LeBrant got the start, and he was hit out of the gate with a leadoff home run. He allowed nine hits, but did settle it down, allowed just three runs, and avoided walks as he pitched a six-inning complete game. The offense 
was three hit, scoring only on a throwing error. The final score, three to two on the split. The Pensacola Mullets, the Blue Wahoos in disguise, catering more towards your Florabama. Zach McCampbell got the start against the Mississippi Braves and Freddie Tarnock, who's dealt 69 strikeouts over 38 and two-thirds innings this year. He continued this high strikeout trend against Pensacola with 12 strikeouts and five innings of work as Lozaro Alonso gave a home run, but that brought in the Mullets' only run. Zach McCambly had mixed results with five strikeouts, four and two-thirds innings, two walks, two home runs in the five-to-one loss. In Beloit, they had a ribbon cutting for their new stadium as fans took the field to watch a showing of the Sandlot. The Snappers played an epic in Peoria versus the Chiefs. An amazing 12-inning game, Antonio Velez, the Miami native, got the start. This 24-year-old undrafted free agent signed out of FSU had perhaps the best start of his pro career, pitching eight one-run innings with six strikeouts. Victor Victor Mesa had something he's never had in the professional leagues, his first home run. It's been 581 at-bats, but in the first inning, he got the game going. Cody Mincy came on in relief after Antonio Velez's eight stellar innings, and he is a pickup out of the Atlantic League. He pitched the ninth inning, tenth inning, smoothly as Beloit maintained a one-to-one score, but in the 11th, sacrifice fly by Marcos Rivera brought home a run. Going to the bottom of the inning, the Chiefs were able to squeak out a run against Cody Mincy, but in the 12th, the Snappers just did it. They had an eight-run outburst, including home runs by Will Banfield and Marcos Rivera, that 11th inning hero. The Snappers won 10-3. Jupiter played a close one against Lakeland behind Luis's Palacios. Four hit four innings with an RBI single in the third providing two runs against Luis. Zach Cohn kept it close with an RBI single. But a throwing error by Victor Mesa Jr. made it 3-1 Lakeland. In the eighth, on a double steal, Davis Bradshaw took home to bring it within a run. Javon Cody on second, two outs. Dalvi Rosario was called out on consecutive strikes. On the fringe of the zone, the Hammerheads fell 3-2. In the complex league, with Tanner Allen's at-bats at center field, the 2021 draft class has now reached the professional circuit. Tonight, the New York Yankees come to town with a new look. Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, along with Judge Stanton. That's the Bronx Bombers. The Marlins will avoid Garrett Cole in the series. 7.05, Zach Thompson is set to go up against Jamison Tyon and these new-look Yankees as the Marlins look to overtake the Nationals for fourth in the National League East. It is just midnight as of recording, so trades might yet be made tonight. Marlins might be on the action by Fish Stripes Live at 6 p.m. We'll know what we're looking at two hours after the deadline. The dust will have settled, and we'll get back to our season as scheduled. For the podcast, I've been A.T. Werdahl. And I've got my trust in Kim Ang. Today, let's see 
what can be done.